everyone. So I'm going to talk about the candy shop, you know, the place that we all should have access to, the full potential of ourselves, the ultimate kind of blossoming of our beings. And that's not available for many reasons to many people. And you can see it in the world. I mean, it's like you're black, you know, you're not going to get that same chance. Sorry. You're Latino. Eh, okay, you might, might not. We don't know. You're a woman. What are your chances of really, you know, living to your full potential? You're transgender, you're gay, whatever. We cannibalize each other with our stupid identities, right? And, you know, create problems to access. Access to the whole universe, right? The same thing as the trauma. Trauma is a form of crippling. It's another thing that says, you know, it's like you're too poor to show up. You can't get the goodies. You know, no There's no access for you. Now you're just going to sit and, you know, self-doubt and like have an argument with yourself for the you know your whole bloody life right about who you are and what you're doing and etc it's the same thing it's a sort of crippling you know it's like being born in the projects with no money and questioning you know yourself every day i mean we see it in the world not everybody's given, in, in England they have a class system, you know. You're born into the right situation. You have access. It's an easier, you know, step. All over the world, right? You have money, you don't have money. You win, you don't win. And I'm not saying anything about, oh, we should all, you know. I'm just saying that there are obstacles for everyone. There are obstacles apart from a few who have already won. And that little group has full access. But trauma is an impediment to the candy shop. You may not see it because it doesn't have a color, it doesn't have a gender, it doesn't have a bank account, what it does, but right? It doesn't, it's ether, you can't really see it. It's not right there saying, you know, I'm a dungeon keeper. You can't see it. So most of the things you kind of fight for, you see it, you know. You're black, people treat you differently. You're this, you're that, whatever. The prejudice is obvious. It's in more than institutions, it's in everything, right? Or anything, any impediment, poverty. You know, you, you live in a slum in the favela in Brazil. Right? How close are you to, you know, Buckingham Palace? <laughs> and even for them, they also are constricted by all their stupid rules and regulations and what they're supposed to say and how they're supposed to look. So there's, across the board, there's imprisonment. But this one... And it seems like the world, it's like one very big joke. It's like, how do you get out of your prison? You have to fight for it. I mean, just arriving, you know, if you arrive, you already won the first race, which is a sperm race, right? Out of the zillions you've got there. But when you're here, 
it's another obstacle course. And we have to, we're like born in Houdini jackets, so we have to sort of clamber out or figure out how we get out of it. In the end, like, around think, like, for what reason, I have no idea. You know, you, him, her, me, whatever, a zillion of us will come, a zillion of us will go. We'll eat, we'll work, we'll do whatever, we'll die. But the question is, access to the whole fucking universe. Why? This is more difficult if you have trauma because you can't see it. It's around consciousness. There are forces within us, clearly, that deny each other. There are forces within us that want to control each other, right? That want to just grab all the goodies and leave you outside the door. It's like a toddler. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Not yours, mine. Right? So in this fight, or in this struggle, or in this whatever, this huge spinning wheel of stuff, and this big laundromat of just churning energy, This is an obstacle you cannot see. You may, you know, have medication. You may act things out. You may, you know, end up in a psych ward, under a bridge, with a needle, whatever, right? It's an obstacle. An obstacle that is more elusive than a, policeman sticking a gun in your head because you're black. You see it. There's not any better. It doesn't make it any better. But this one's more difficult to pinpoint. Right? It's difficult to see. Because there are great machines of denial. We have great tools to pretend that these forces don't exist. They exist everywhere. We can't see them. And in this journey to shed, to become whole, and again, becoming whole doesn't, you know, mean that you don't suffer anymore or, you know, have to deal with shit and live in the world and the churning all this crazy. No. But it means that you have a compass. You own, a, you own your real estate again. If the whole universe is a zillion, billion, willion grains of sand, and yours is a tiny grain of sand, you own that. You can plant your flag on your little bit of sand, little grain. If you don't, you're just in the sort of like being in a, you know what it's like when you surf and you're caught in the riptide and it just, you know, you hit hard. It just pulls you. That wave just throws you out around and just, you're in that, you're just in there. There's nothing you can do. The force of that wave, the way it churns you, you know, you've got nothing against it. That's what it's like when there's trauma. 
you're in this constant wave that's crashing. You're in the white water as it rolls you around. So there are forces everywhere that want to impede your blossoming for some reason. I have no idea why that is. And why that's crucial to the way this world is, I have no idea. So, I mean, I, was, I had no idea that I was in any sort of situation. I mean, I thought this is just the way life was. But I was completely tricked and imprisoned by forces I couldn't see. By the tumult of, you know, being a child and of darkness showing up. And you, if you have trauma, at some point darkness showed up. And there was injury. And that injury becomes an obstacle. And that obstacle becomes, you know, a disfigurement. And then you don't get into the candy shop. <laughs> right? Because fear has set in. And fear is, you know, the great bouncer at the door of the candy shop. Fear is the bouncer to the goodies. And fear ensures that you, you know, stay behind the line. And you keep coming up to the bounce and they keep saying, no, but look, I've got, you know, pink hair and I've got a cowboy outfit. And it's like, no, no, no. So whatever your fight is, or your struggle, and everybody's in some kind of fight, or whatever, for resources, for entrance into some privileged thing, whatever. Everybody's like for a Prada bag. Everybody's in some kind of fight for something. It was interesting. I was in a Verizon store yesterday. I had to wait outside and um, in the line. And there were two people talking. There was an Asian woman and a black guy. And one was the... One worked at the Verizon store, and the other one was black guy was purchasing something. And I just looked at them, I thought, what do those two people need? It's almost like, we've, we, and I thought, here are two people wearing different outfits, you know, all, you know, having lived a particular history, having been created in their particular way. And I just, and it just watching people, it's like, we're all, if you, if you just go on a s street in New York, people are just moving really fast. It's like, what's moving all these people? Like, what is, there's something that we cannot see that moves everything. You know, we, we're these kind of, sponges of energy that show up and then we're kind of we take on all these forms and creations and versions and identities and it's it's insane it's magnificent and it's also crazy because how does it all happen i don't know
But one of the things I've experienced is, and for what end? You know, you you do your 10,000 things and then bye-bye. Um, one of the things that, again, is an impediment is, you know, early trauma. And if I think about those people in the Verizon store and I think about myself, I think, wow, I was built too into a particular form. I had, you know, I didn't have any access to how that was done. We don't. We're too little. We're, we're kind of cooked. You know, we're dropped off in one particular situation and we're kind of sculpted by that situation. You know, if you're born to a tribesman in Nairobi, you're a very different person to if you're, you know, dropped off on the, you know, Upper East Side. Your outlook, your beliefs, everything. So you're sculpted, right, by whatever the environment that you grow up in. There's no, I don't think it's nature versus nurture. I think it's just nurture. Um, yes, you know, you're born with, you can be born with deficiencies and stuff that got bugged up physically, but for the most part, it's the hammering of that, you know, of the steel within the confines, and it's, you know, energetic, emotional steel within the confines of your home. And the Shipibo see it as threading, you know, the universe energetically threading. You're threaded by those around you. You're threaded into their, into their energy, which makes total sense. I mean, I, I didn't grow up in any traditions, any, I mean, you know, whatever, like in the Shipibo, but, you know, it makes sense energetically. So, this denial to the candy shop, um, and this struggle to become whole, is a journey. And, um, these forces are real. In this dis dismantling of this person that was built, um, there are layers, right? There are layers of how it's like a, you know, the English Bake Off. It's like if you, if you open that oven too quickly, that thing is going to fall flat. It's not going to be crispy enough. It's like the Goldilocks thing syndrome, right? It's too cold. It's too hot. Union. The closest thing you can get is continual love. So I was baked by trauma. And means that if you are baked by trauma... Your soul never gets a chance to express itself or to get into the candy shop. It buggers off. It's like, I'm not waiting for the bouncer to let me in. This is a shit show. I'm out of here. I'm not even going to try to get into the candy shop. And then you're built out of fear. I was built out of fear. I mean, I was fortunate enough that that fear didn't take me down the, you know, a needle on, on, you know, in the arm under a bridge fear. 
but it was a blackout of just a blackout of everything that was happening. And there was a constant rebranding of what was going on. So that whatever's happening is not really happening. As somebody said to me, didn't, you know, didn't see it, didn't like it. Didn't happen. And it's literally like you're blinkered. It is a form of addiction. I mean, a drug addiction is one thing. You literally have to do something to take you out of that reality, right? This was a, I'm just going to go two octaves up. I'm going to hover above this shit. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sort of form of fragmentation, blacking out, right? I'm not going to actually be in this reality. I'm just going to, you know, bugger off and just hover above it. So I don't actually have to experience it. And that way I can deal with it and accept it. Well, most of trauma is the, non the inability to be in that reality, which of course, if you're three and four, is too much. It is overwhelming to you. It's too much. You cannot deal. Your little body cannot take whatever it is that's happening. So you, you know, the way to deal with it is many ways, but most of it, it's exit. It's, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <coughs> it's, I'm going to find a way to not deal. I'm going to cut myself. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to, you know, you can't challenge the reality in which you're living. It really is like having, it's like, it's actually, it's like, the, you know, it's like being in the Colosseum, you know, the Romans, the gladiators and the lions. That's what it's like if you're traumatized early on in childhood. <coughs> you're thrown into a Colosseum and there's a lion. How are you going to tame it? You know, you imagine yourself as this waddling four-year-old or three-year-old with a diaper. And you're in the Colosseum with a lion. That's what it's like. What are you going to do to deal with the overwhelming feeling of terror? I blacked out. This was like, okay. I'm going to tame it by not challenging it. Right? By being frozen in terror. And by agreeing to the lion. So that it won't eat me or kill me. I've got to figure out what the lion needs so that it makes me a friend. I become an ally to the enemy. And if you're in the Colosseum for a long time, which trauma tends to happen, make you do, then you literally take on the characteristics of a lion. A lion's a lovely thing, so I don't really want to use it, but I'm just saying more of a threat, right? A lion's just a piece of nature. These spirits are evil, 
that hurt and abuse and injure children. But it's the same idea. It's a threat of something bigger, voracious and terrifying on a child. So that's it. You're built. I'm now, you know, I become the lion. I become it. I agree to it because I blacked out everything which I couldn't deal with and therefore, you know, you've refused yourself, your soul, your blossoming, your whatever. So there you are, packed in with that and then suddenly something happens and you begin to undo all of it, unravel, unfreeze, defrost. And this is really about defrosting from terror, from paralysis. Because you don't have an entry into the candy shop if you're frozen and paralyzed. There is no blossoming or choice. You're just frozen with whatever it is. Fear, for the most part, that's the reigning situation, right? The emotion. So, all of it is an obstacle course. But again, the issue here is you can't see it if it's severe. If you, if you have to distract and disappear, whatever it is that you do, then again, it's because you can't face it. It's too big. And then something else takes over the addiction. It takes a life of its own and then you are lost. You're not only not in the, you not only cannot, you not only disappeared from the reality that was happening around you, but then you've been taken over by another blanket, so to speak, right? And that becomes another universe that you're living in to refuse whatever the horror was. Because you can't challenge this when you're little. You, you're in the, you know, if you're in a coliseum with a lion and you're three and everybody's shouting and you're terrified, it's overwhelming. You're trying to figure out a solution to an impossible problem. There is no solution. And it's overwhelming to your little brain. It's just too much. Now these forces, if you've blacked out, you then, you know, you're kind of taken over by them and you believe them and you become them and you become an ally to them. I think it's a tear it all down. And that's the thing that you don't know if you've been truly enveloped by it. You, first of all, you don't know you're in the stadium. You've forgotten what happened, right? 
you think that you're that, whatever that is that you've become out of that cauldron. And so why this, this journey back is elusive and difficult is because you have to shed this kind of blackout zone <clears throat> that you've become. It is a bit like, it's like debriefing someone who's been in a cult or someone who's been in a toxic situation for a long time. And there are, you know, as if, if you're older, there's no one there. Because there were no parents uh, to start off with, right? Yeah, a parent doesn't overwhelm a child. So there were no real parents. And when I say parents, I'm talking about love, right? Love, affection, and care. So if you, you know, it's just, it's, you're going into sort of ether, right? So if, you, if you're in this room with these people that you think you're your parents, you think, well, that's the source, that's the anchor. But that itself is, again, a trick because you've made them into something, but you have no access to what happened. They're your parents, right? You're supposed to be the children of these parents. They're the ones that are supposed to have looked after you. They're there's a kind of like your source, right? Source as in, you know, origin. But when you go into these realms, and uh, with ayahuasca, you, the whole, you know, labyrinth of how you're made is revealed. And you see them as, as what they are, right? Predators or abusers or dark spirits or whatever. So there's no... So first of all, if there's trauma, there is no anchor. There is no safety, right? So you've built, you know, this kind of like halfway house, whatever it is, of a self to cope with that, which you then believe. And then when you have to tear it out or tear it down... Um, which can happen if, you know, you're in, you, you, you have, you know, you do meditation, ayahuasca, whatever it is that you do to get into this realm to see the origin of how you were made. Then you have to face, you know, the forces that kept you imprisoned. And these are forces. They are energies, the likes of which very powerful which you have to contend with so you know it's like tearing out you know a whole network that's been wired up of a person that's been built under the auspices of terror and the great thing about <coughs> all the great, but more importantly, on the journey to kind of exorcise and dismantle this kind of takeover. And it is, it's like, I just imagine like these kind of marching viruses that walk into your system and just take everything over and, you know, change all the switching and change all the codes and whatever. 
and then you have to go in and, and go through each network and face every thought, feeling, energy in that place. It's very, very powerful. These are very powerful forces. And they're not happy about leaving. <laughs> so they're going to fight you every single way, a step of the way. And they fight you with fear. That's their, that's their weapon. You want to do this? I'm going to show you, right? And you have dreams. They'll try to scare you and you're going to die if you do this and, you know, all the shit. But the thing is that if you're really owned by it, you can't see it. So that's why the great thing about ayahuasca is that, you know, you're going into another realm to disentangle and dismantle. And again, as I've said before, there are other guides and allies in that realm that help you go into battle. It is like going into battle because you have been injured and stolen. So it's not weird. It's just a microcosm of what's going on everywhere else, right? When you think about it. It's not like, oh, it's a weird, you know, woo-woo thing. There's capture happening all day, every day. There's denial to the candy shop, you know, wherever you look. Well, but it's more obvious, right? It's your color, it's your gender, it's your economic status, it's, it's your accent, it's whatever the fuck. We're always leveling up. Always discriminating. Who's winning? I'm winning because I'm white, I'm a male, right? I'm moneyed. Really? But that's what we're doing. We're always comparing and contrasting. Who's winning now? But the thing about this stuff is that you may think that you're winning, right? But this other barricade, this other thing, is elusive. You can't fight it here. You know, you can't march against it here. You can't see it. It's very clever. So to access that place that is so elusive... You need a different kind of weapon or ally. It's really. Right? And that's why ayahuasca is very powerful because it gives you access into that place and allies and strength to deal with it. And again, it's not so crazy. I mean, there's always stuff that's trying to take over, whether it's diseases viruses, you know, tyrants. It's this kind of swirl of constant live or die. You know. And again, you can't fight with the universe. It's, it's there. What are you going to do? It's, it's part of being here. Um, but it's really impossible to tackle if you don't even know it exists and you have no weapons or any 
allies to get you in there, to, to even see it. Right? It's like viruses, you can't see them. You just figure it's happening when, you know, people are getting very sick. You don't go, oh yeah, you must, you know, you're carrying the plague, jolly good. <coughs> can't see it. Unless you look under a microscope. In the same way, you can't see this unless you go into this, uh, these other dimensions with these plants. Or altered states, or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter. So, if, you've, if you have trauma and you're at your wit's end because you, you know, can't fix it, in inverted commas, then perhaps it's because you just haven't been let into another, you know, you haven't been given a magnifying glass to look and see what's actually going on. And the ayahuasca is a magnifying glass. It's a very, very powerful telescope into you. You know, as we can actually look, you know, 300 light years ahead or whatever, I don't know, zillions. We can actually do that in the reverse into ourselves if we're willing to take that journey. And why does it matter? Like, why bother? Well, because in a way, if you have it, you've kind of been given the mission to go fix it. Right? If you want to, you don't have to. You can just be miserable and keep reacting and, and live like on hot coals and And anyway, it's very difficult when, you know, if you think if it's working really well for you, even though you're miserable, to say, because egos get very, very powerful in this trauma. They get really, they know it all, they have all the answers. Because, you know, again, the bigger the trauma, the bigger the ego, or the defense mechanism, whatever you want to call it. So, that in itself is a problem, because of the massive denial happening on the cusp of yourself, Right? It's like the hardest surface to really crack is that you're not that important, by the way, <laughs> BTW, right? You're just a king in your only tiny little universe. And I remember, you know, the first time I did, went to a Zen center and I was pumped and fueled with like massive amounts of ego. And it was like, well, what happens? What do you become? You know, like wow, if I do this, there's an outcome. There's like, I get to be even more inflated. And they just said, you just become very ordinary. It was like, oh, bummer, right? I'm doing this so I can, you know, become even more privileged in my dysfunction. As if there's a gift. And the gift has to do with, I get more identity. No, no. Your identity gets crushed. You see all the, it's like picking up a stone under which there are tons of insects, creepy crawlies. And then you have to go deal with the creepy crawlies. 
and then who knows what happens. You just kind of disappear. <laughs> There's no... Whatever the gifts are, they don't belong to your ego that was built in that darkness. Your ego doesn't... The, the, the most interesting thing is that people that go into this sort of, in inverted commas, spiritual world, you know, <clears throat> think that it's going to embroider their ego, it's going to decorate their ego even more. Like, oh, I'm spiritual, which is the biggest mistake. We've all been there. Like, oh, it's going to add to my kudos of, you know, genius. <laughs> the spiritual journey is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> That's all. It's, it's a destroyer. It's a destroyer. It is a fucking nightmare. It is, you know, paved with landmines and it, it's it's really like a sewage pit. So if you think you're going in for flowers and, you know, and rose petal paths and no, to get to the light or to any kind of source, you know, you are heading into the darkest of dark if you want to reclaim your soul. It's peppered with shit littered so there is no like I think of the Catholic things the stations of the cross right you're dragging this cross around this big heavy thing yeah there's a big barrier to the candy shop <laughs> right the candy shop you want the candy shop? You want the life everlasting? Jesus. You better get a tank. <laughs> it's... Yeah. It's not a fun ride. <laughs> what is fun is feeling love. That is the best. That's the gift. The gift is the awe and wonder and and the touching that kind of divine love. That's that's the ultimate amazing gift. That feeling of just incredible love. Divine endless infinite love I just just to get glimpses of that is worth all the terror you have to undergo <laughs> and it is pure terror if you've been running from terror and you decided yeah you know what I think I need to fix all this anxiety and all this stuff and you go into it that means you're stripped of thinking and stripped of, you're just in that, you know, again, the orange, the t thinking about it and the tasting it. When you're in the actual tasting of this place of terror, it's pure, raw emotion. Yeah. Tell me about it when you go through it. It's, it's a big deal. It's, it's terrifying. 
and then you see them or you experience them as actual entities. I don't know how to describe it. They're coming through you. They're in your spirit. I mean, I don't know how many there are in my spirit. There's a ton of them. Dark, dark entities. It's like a wave of darkness. That utter things and they move through you and like being the pit of hell <laughs> I'm sure you, you know you, this is just again my experience you must really have one or two you don't have the whole crew <laughs> I mean I laugh because it's a nervous laughter of having to experience them but that's it you know they hold you hostage you know you don't get in All right. You want to get into the kingdom. You want to become whole. You want to be here in totality. I think in the abuse of children, um, you know, whatever your trauma is, mine was, you know, you don't, you're of no consequence. You're a nuisance unless you're fulfilling a function for us. And I'm going to terrorize you to make sure you fulfill that function. So you just, be, you know, I just became like, I'm just going to take care of all the, fix all these people. You know, what I feel, think, am, doesn't matter. I'm just a vehicle, you know, to fix these people, make them feel whole, which is insane, right? So in that, kind of built and we're all built differently right so we all have our trauma is all different but in that particular conditioned place it was like well what you feel doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter you know and it's okay for us to just trample all over you and use you to attain our ends so once you see whatever it is that your script is that you were built as and it's just the universe, you know, you just, they're just, it's just building. You just arrive, you're built, you die. It's just, I don't really understand. I wish I could understand for what end. I have no idea. And again, don't believe me or other apes. There's no, just, you, you'll figure it out as you go along. It'll all come. It, it, the information kind of arrives to you, right? As you're in the midst of all this stuff as you're working through it. And you live on the other side of the trauma, basically. And once you're on, on the other side of the trauma, then you have access to the candy shop. <clears throat> but whilst you're being pinned down like a, a mouse under the foot of an elephant, um it's tough to see what's on the other side, right? And you literally have to keep moving into these forces that stand at the gate. And again, it's not about a belief. It's about a surrender. The willingness to let the universe come in a universe you don't really understand. 
I don't understand any of this stuff. I had no idea what this is about. The ayahuasca is just, you know, taking me there. Right? I've never been here, so I don't know. I mean, when I say I haven't been here, I mean, I've only, I've been conditioned into a particular individual under particular conditions. And, you know, held captive in that place. So if you've been traumatized and you've, you know, you've given up because it was too overwhelming and you've been caught by something, by these forces, then it's interesting. You get to see when you, when you, if you're willing to dump, shed the kind of the, your, your, your coating, your armor, if you're willing not to pretend that this is the truth, then what lies underneath is all the darkest forces. And again, it's only if there's severe trauma, right? But even trauma has something underneath it, right? There's always a, an origin to it. There's a conditioning to it. So in my hesitation, I was going to say my willingness, there wasn't really any willingness. I just, I was kind of, you know, slowly but surely dismantled, you know, because I had to do it little by little for me. It was a trust thing, right? But as you're willing to be dissolved, you have to be willing then to face what's under it. And it's not pretty. And I didn't know how these forces showed up. And they're like, I can't describe them, like they're like animals. They're like these kind of, I can't describe them. Um, I suppose I can. I suppose like in any fairy tale of haunted houses, you know, it's like, They're slithering and dark and snorting and kind of animal-like. They have sounds. I don't know if it's one or a few. It feels like a few because they have different kind of characteristics. But I don't know if it's just the one thing transforming. <clears throat> And the ayahuasca pulls it out, addresses it, and you're just a viewer. I mean, it's happening through you, but you're just a viewer to it. Because you're no longer an ego living as its, you know, defense mechanism. And you see the thing that's been threatening you and paralyzing you and refusing you that entry. And it's feeding off your fear. So as you let it come through you, and you don't call 911, <laughs> it can begin to be extinguished. Because you're facing it. It needs your fear for it to live. 
right? It needs fear. It needs your degradation. It needs your captivity. I mean, just think about it in any historical context. Fear is the thing that gets everybody to do everything. Six million Jews dead. Fear. The horror of those people that did that to those poor people. They terrified them. Same thing. Trauma terrifies you. As a child, you are overwhelmed. It is terrifying. They, they take you captive. The same in Argentina. Somebody comes into your home at night, says, you know, time to get the fuck out. This is ours now. What? Yep, this is ours. Take you into a stadium. Put you in a plane. Throw you out. It's random, <coughs> right? It's not even a color. Now it's you're an intellectual. It's all the same shit happening over and over and over. This one, though, you cannot see because it's happening within you. It's ether. And it happened early on. So, again, if you're caught in that, the undertow of that in the darkness, you don't even know you've been, you know, captured. So, I'm just rambling, <laughs> but I just, um, all of it can be a captivity, but you just, again, this one you can't see. And how can you fix it if you can't see it? I can't fix a virus if I can't see it under a microscope, right? I can't fix a disease. I can't fix a problem unless I see the problem. And this problem is happening in a consciousness I cannot see. And we know we're, really, we're still really behind in all that here. We don't, I'll give you a pill, right? I don't really know what the pill does, but it does something with your brain, whatever, or some uppers and serotonins, I don't know what the fuck. With the ayahuasca, you actually get to see what's actually living within you. And, you know, the circumstances of its arrival, perhaps it's other lifetimes, I don't know, I haven't had any access to that, but like, you get to see it. The problem, the virus, the whatever, the captor. The and in that place, you have to be willing to face it and have the ayahuasca remove it, expel it. I mean, I'm not in the jungle. I just do ceremonies here at home. So it's given to me in certain doses, like, you know, she'll pull it up in a, in a certain, when I'm ready to see more of it, feel more of it. It came out really slowly. It was being pulled out very slowly. Now it's like, 
I mean, it's literally my whole being. And it's almost like I'm put aside to watch it, you know what I mean, as it's being pulled out. I'm just an observer of it, how it's going as it comes through my system. And that's a huge trust in the ayahuasca and her incredible gift to me to be able to sit there and, you know, let this, this happen, this, this thing be cleansed. At some point it was, I was given, you know, again, it's, she'll teach, she'll show you how it's going to happen. You know, at some point it was just black snakes coming out of me. It was like tons of black snakes. But this is actually an, a, an energetic thing. It's like almost like having another three or four bodies inside of you of things or people. Or, but it, these, it's just dark energies. I can't, don't know how to describe it in any other way. So, if you're looking for a way to heal this, then you have to amplify it, magnify it, see it under a microscope, get into the crevices, that shadow, that place that you didn't want to go to, that place that you've hidden. And, you know, don't get hung up on all the robes and the chanting and the, <laughs> the nice smells because it's a rocky road. And it's not pretty. Um, there are moments of unbelievable wonder and I think one of the most you know once you feel that divine love is just you know you just realize God that's you know that's that's the goal and the wholeness is to get beyond you know the injury to your energetic field which comes through cruelty and no love and abandonment and all the stuff that happens in trauma and you know I don't know if this is true but I believe that if you're traumatized early on that it's like other things feed off your terror you know the terror has kind of allies and it's like you're a feeding frenzy if you're terrified for all sorts of energetic things I don't again that's just my take on it I feel like it's like I was a carcass. I've just been a, a festering carcass that's been, you know, with 10,000 maggots, you know. And the carcass is, is the, 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 the kind of the rotting is the fear, right? They're feeding off the fear. All these entities are feeding off your fear. And in the cleansing is the thing you're cleansing is really you're facing the fear. I don't know how else to put it. It's just you have to face the fear that you haven't faced, which is now 
become a substantial, you know, um, landfill of shit. It's all the stuff you haven't faced, all the stuff that's terrified you. And if you don't face it, it just, it's like cancer, you know, if you don't fix it, it will just take over your body. Same thing with this stuff. If you don't face the terror, it just takes over. And like cancer, eventually it will just kill you. This thing, it just creeps into every part of your body and you don't, and you're paralyzed. You're not doing anything. You're just fulfilling, you know, the dictates of five strategies that you have to survive the terror. So it is like being kind of petrified, right? Like being mummified in a way. It's it's you know your energy your your life's force has been uh, stolen, has been. I think about you know when in those movies where people are just frozen in place, you know, they, they point something at them and they just freeze. Right? Same thing. Fear is like that. It's like a poison that freezes you. And by freezing you, it takes your power. And then you learn to live in fear so you don't, risk life, you don't live life, you just, you know, again, you have your four or five little strategies and you just do that. So, the longer you refuse it, you know, the more poisonous it becomes, the more feeding stuff comes into it. And I had no idea that I had been so terrified. No clue. No, no clue at all. And so it's difficult. You know, it's like, God, you know, I thought I was strong. I thought I had, you know, everything under control. <laughs> no. And that's okay. I mean, it's okay wherever you are. I mean, it doesn't matter. I've been fortunate enough to have an ally that will go into all the darkness with me and help me through it. You don't go in alone, that's for certain. You're not doing this, you know, you're not penetrating all these veils alone, all this stuff. If you go in with the ayahuasca, it's just, she will help you, guide you, send you allies to deal with this. So the good news is that there is, there's this incredible medicine that can help you. The, the, the great thing here is that there is a magnifying glass to see what the virus is, to see what the problem is. It's not another ape. You can't do it with other apes. These things are huge. Um, I don't know how this plant medicine works. I have no idea. It doesn't really matter. You just have to surrender and trust, really. 
Um, there's a lot of PR selling for a lot of shit. You know, we all believe shit that's ridiculous. So you just, sometimes you just got to trust, right? This world is oh so much bigger than we have access to knowing. and We're very limited in our knowing. And find out what haunts you, what refuses you. You know, I do not want to be outside the candy shop waiting in line with a bouncer that I can't see. Right? It's insane because you're, you know, your parents send you to the best schools to get the best start and the best you do. You have to be you have to speak like this. You have to do that to make to become someone. It's all insane. None of it really matters if you're paralyzed within. You may have jumped the obstacles outside, but that can only get you so far. If you've got trauma and you're paralyzed within, I mean that's a whole other journey. You know, and would I rather be in the south of France? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but looks like that was not on the not on the schedule. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's insane that this medicine exists. It's insane that these forces exist. It's insane that there are so many obstacles. It's all nuts. Um, but, you know, again, don't take it too seriously, right? It's just you're going to live and you're going to die. So if you've had the opportunity to be cleansed by this medicine and to taste this unbelievable divine love, really, it's 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 not so bad. <laughs> You can deal with all the monsters and the stuff that come up. Um, and especially if you're guided through with this incredible medicine. All right. Good luck. Bye.